All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Can you see it? Did you notice? Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. Ed You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What a don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go.
Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season capital H capital S all one word Hockey Season that will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com Z-E-P-H-Y-R Epic on all platforms. Uh, free shipping Canada wide on any order over $50. Be sure to check out their retail location in Surrey as well and all, all across the social media platforms. Uh, you can check them out. They've got you covered for all of your trading card needs. Chris, you've got a ring light on and it looks fantastic. I just realized I don't have mine on uh, because we were a little under the gun here. Alex can't even hear us. Our technical producer today is Alex Allard. I'm joined as always by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. My name is David Guadrelli. Uh, this is the Canucks Conversation. Chris, I'm a little under the gun today. Um, my little my little dude woke up. You know, I have the 30 seconds of dog. I'll use it right off the top. My little dude woke up right before the show started. Uh, I am watching him on the monitor, and he is just absolutely, I wouldn't say um, beside himself, because he's actually quiet, which is a little bit surprising, but he is uh, he's a little confused why he can hear my voice, oh. but uh, why he can hear my voice, but why I'm not there. So uh, that's him right now. I just showed it on the YouTube live chat, and if you want to check us out, uh, Canucks Army YouTube channel, that's where you're going to find us. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the channel and watch us live uh, 1 p.m. the YouTube live chat. I won't have it open today, Chris, because I have to watch the uh, watch the dog fall back asleep. Boom. There it is. 30 seconds of dog. Looked like uh, the video you showed there looked like one of those crime scene videos. Like uh, when they it's like a, a, you know, a camera from like the corner of a street hanging off the building somewhere looking around. Somebody's getting stabbed or something. That's the type of uh, video there. So he's just got a camera facing him all time, like full time now. eh? That's the deal when he's in his uh, little yeah. snooze area. Yeah. Okay. When he's in his crate, I like to know um, kind of what's going on. Helps us uh, get him out before he starts whining, so uh, that type of thing. And uh, yeah, it's good to know what he's doing in there, especially when we're away. So, and we use it to, uh, when he's in his playpen too. But enough of that. Enough of that. Uh, let's get to it here. Let's well, get to the Vancouver now. Canucks, Chris. A winning weekend. A winning weekend for this team. Uh, you got something? Go ahead. Yeah, not quite there just yet. How was your weekend? What'd you do? You get up to anything fun? I watched Joey Pitt shave his head. I got. Can I we start with that? I don't know if we, we have Alex. Start with that? Do we? If we have Alex, we can get that up there. I got uh, a couple different shots here from Joey, who yeah ended up shaving his head. Let's get the photo up first. I don't even know. I don't know if we have Alex just yet. He's still working with those Sens guys. You know, he loves those Sens guys over there. Um, but Joey hit his goal of fifteen thousand dollars. So incredible uh, for Joey. This was a. I tell you, when I saw him, uh, saw him try and raise fifteen thousand dollars. We know that's very difficult to do. Uh, some major props to Joey, who, yeah, shaved head. We'll get to the video maybe a little bit later when we have Alex, because I do have a couple clips I want to get to. Uh, but first, let's shout out some people in the chat. Everybody's in here. Corey Anderson, Corey Hergott joining us. Riding the bus with Corey Hergott back in the day, the old Canucks combo there. Uh, some good folks in here as well. Lisa, who else is in here? Ratcha saying hi from Germany. Hello from uh, from Vancouver. Darren Francis, great photographer. In here in the chat, lots of people here in the chat on a Monday. Love to see it. Some new folks in here as well. Uh, chat's going to be popping off today. 30 seconds of dog. Corey says that's a band name. Band names. One of my favorite, like in the 1040 days, I know they still do it on Donnie and Dolly, but it's not the same. It's not the same like it was on 1040 when they used to do, when it was BMAC, Donnie, and the Moj, and they had the band names. Oh, was that not, like that had to be one of my favorite things on 1040, especially as they were kind of coming to their close there. But, uh, yeah, that was one of my favorite band name things. So I don't know about 30 Seconds of Dog, but that's our segment here. That's not a band name. 
you know what I really miss from 1040? Like most of all, and I really like to see it at 650. I would really, really like to see it was crossover week. Do you remember crossover week? And, you know, shout out Trevor Martins, former program director at 1040. Um, I, I believe that was his idea to do crossover week. I know he implemented it. And I loved that as a listener. I loved crossover week. Like, just think about that, right? Like, think about when we were at 650, for yep. example, and we were on the weekend show or whatever. We did a couple, you know, afternoon drive. We, we did a couple fill-in shifts here and there for the other shows. But think about if we were just hosting with a random random host each day and it changed all throughout the week. Like, that would be so fun. I would love that. I thought about that, actually. And there are some options for us to do a crossover. I could reach out to some other shows. I was thinking uh, Rinkwide might be an interesting one. Get uh, Jay Patter Wadden to swap with one of us. I think that might be something we have to look into. Uh, Jeremy says, hello from West Kelowna. Nick from Whistler. Geez, all over the place. Where's everyone listening from or watching from? This is great seeing the chat. We normally don't get this, but everyone's popping off mentioning where they're from. We got some Germany. Uh, we got West Kelowna, Whistler, everything. It's all covered up here. So good stuff. Let's uh, let's dive into it. Once we get Alex here, I don't know. Alex, play some tank music if you are here. Otherwise, I want to get these photos up here for uh, Joey's stuff. But let's dive into the weekend that was uh, for the Vancouver Canucks. I had it in uh, my tweet that I just sent out. A 4-0 and weekend for the Vancouver Canucks and the Abbotsford Canucks combined if you were looking for some wins and you're a Canucks fan and you just want wins and good hockey right now, it was a great weekend for that. Uh, let's get started with the Vancouver Canucks, obviously. I do have an AHL update uh, later on in the show. Lots of stuff to get to there. I uh, heard some names uh, for European free agents to keep an eye on as well, uh, as well as a bunch of NCAA updates. We'll get to all that later, but we've got a big weekend to wrap up. Let's start with the Ducks and the Kings with the Vancouver Canucks facing off against them. A couple of back-to-backs. Man, I tell you. Well, I'll, I'll get your opinion on this. Do the Ducks just suck, or did the Canucks play well on the Sunday game? Because, man, that lo- didn't look like it was two NHL teams going up against each other. We're talking NHL and AHL teams here off the top. That's what it looked like. Uh, that Ducks team, whatever they're paying John Gibson, it's not even close to enough. That guy is like, the fact that he kept them in that game uh, until late was incredible. I, I think it was uh, an interesting performance. What takeaways did you have from the two games on the weekend? I thought they played better on Sunday than they did on Saturday. I don't think they played very well in either game, to be honest with you. You at least like that they came out with a little bit of pep in their step on Sunday, and you would kind of expect that after you know squeaking away a victory against LA where looked like that was the thing about that game was there was no moral victories, right? Like there was a victory in the win column, which I guess is what you want at the end of the day. But right now, this team is looking for a lot of those, well, look, we played so hard. Look, we're doing all the right things with our systems. They were bad. They were bad and they got, you know, they got Demcoed. The Kings got Demcoed and they led the Canucks to a win. That game gave serious bubble vibes. And I'm not just saying because Demco played so well. I'm saying because the Canucks held off the Kings enough thanks to their goaltender. And then they got some contributions from their star players, just a few contributions. And it led them to a win. And I guess like that that's exactly what they did against the Golden Knights in that series. And look, we saw it with Thatcher Demko in the bubble, obviously, right? And Thatcher Demko has been fantastic uh, since he's returned. But I, I think they played fine on Sunday. Um, again, you mentioned it, the Anaheim Ducks, not a very good team, not a great litmus test for this club. Uh, they got the job done, though, like we can't we can't rag on them too much because if they lose that game or they play especially poorly in that game and of course if they lose it we're here talking about a tank but we're also here talking about how what is this team even doing they can't even win down the stretch when uh when they're trying so hard to get these wins and that's the other thing 
is ice time. And I know we'll talk about that later, but that was kind of my takeaway from the weekend was you liked the Sunday game a lot more than the Saturday game. Saturday game was great if you're a fan of good goaltending because Thatcher Demko was uh, every every good as bit as advertised. But I, I again, Sunday, not a great performance by this team, but they get the win. So how much can you really complain? Want to give a quick shout out. A lot of people, uh, we got some people from Colorado in here. We got some people from, where did I see, Quebec, uh, as well as down in Seattle, of course, uh, with uh, with Lisa down there. So just shout out to some people online. I, I do want to get your opinion on Colin Delia, because I thought he played, though you brought it up, like the, the Ducks weren't very good. I see the chat going off about that. Yeah, the Ducks, that's a, that's a bad team. That's a team doing a really good job of tanking, um, which was also like a huge loss for Team Tank. And I already saw some people in the chat mentioning, yeah, like the Tank's dead. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, pretty much kind of feels like that way. Uh, you just kind of hope the Canucks, even at this point, are, are even in contention to potentially land Connor Bedard, right? You can only move up 10 spots in the draft lottery. We'll see how these things go. The Canucks love it in the mushy middle. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, Colin Delia, what'd you think of his game? Uh, I thought it was one of the better performances he's had, even though he wasn't really asked to do a ton. Uh, it was nice to see him be steady, because I think that's one of the question marks he's had throughout the season is... Like, when he's scrambling, I, I do like what Delia does kind of when he's scrambling and just kind of relying on instincts. Like, I think he does a pretty good job at that point. But it feels like the steadiness has been a problem. Didn't look like that on Sunday. No, I, I thought he was better. I thought he was a lot better on Sunday. Um, I was really hoping they'd practice today. They have a day off today. We're recording this on Monday, March 20th. I was really hoping they'd have a practice day today. Obviously, you know, coming back from the road, guys have a day off. You get it. But I was really hoping they'd have a practice day because I was actually hoping to get down there and talk to Colin Delia uh, or send you because I've got the dog, obviously. But regardless, I was hoping to talk to Colin Delia about kind of where he's at this season, right? Because I've brought it up before. But when I talked to him ahead of this season, he was talking about how a lot of this year he wanted to just work with Ian Clark, um, Marco Terenius down in Abbotsford and kind of get that technique into his game like he wanted to have the structure implemented into his game that he felt that he maybe didn't get a ton of when he was with the Chicago Blackhawks and it was a learning year he pointed to Spencer Martin as being an example of there's the proof right there the proofs in the pudding I've seen what this guy did um, you know at the age of 26 rebuilding his game and earning an NHL contract that type of thing like that was what he was kind of saying when I talked to him um, out at eight ranks ahead of this season now Obviously, things have gone a little bit differently, I'd say. Like, I don't know how much of this year has been about learning. And that's what I want to hear from Delia is, you know, where is he at right now? Has he made those changes? Like, obviously, you're seeing it um, here and there. Like, you're seeing him kind of change the way he's shuffling his feet when the puck cycled up high. Obviously, that's a staple of Ian Clark goaltenders. You're seeing him drop into the RVH, all that sort of stuff, uh, all the post integration and stuff you hate to hear me talk about. You are seeing it with Delia. I'm just wondering where he's at. Like, I'm wondering if the focus has changed. Um you know, where he's feeling with his game right now. I'm really, really curious. And yeah, he played well, but I don't really care if he plays well, to be honest with you. And that's not a knock on Delia. I'm not trying to say anything bad about him. I'm just saying the thing that I'm most curious about is where he's at in terms of his growth as a goaltender. If he feels like he's gotten that opportunity to grow this year, um, all that sort of stuff. That's what I'm most interested in uh, when it comes to Colin Delia. I want to dive into one more thing. Uh, just from the weekend, I, I found it kind of, you know, just while I was setting up and doing a little bit of research, it's it's wild to look at the top of the league for scoring. Like, Connor McDavid has 134 points right now at this point in the season. That's wild. That's just, like, a number that shocked me when I actually, like, saw it uh, kind of in front of me on my screen here. He's nearly two points per game. But I got to bring up Elias Patterson as well because 
I don't want to say quietly because obviously we get taught, you know, lots of talk about Elias Pettersson in this market, of course. I don't really know so much about league-wide. But now up to 88 points on the season. We're still, you know, there's still 13 games to go. So that's, uh, you know, on pace right now for Pettersson to have his first 100-point season. Things are looking really good for him. But, man, it's just it's great to see 88 points, right? Like the fact that a lot of us were hoping he's going to be a point-per-game type of player, maybe push for that 100 that was pretty hopeful thinking, I think, at the start of the season. To think that Pedersen was going to get 100 points, he's really proving us all right that he is one of the elite players in the NHL. He's been top 10 in scoring pretty much all season long. Been looking really good under Rick Talk. It doesn't really matter who he's playing with. He's being able to create offense. He's finding it now on the power play a little bit. I'm really happy with Elias Pedersen. Obviously, on Sunday there, in the goal that he scored, that sets him up for a new career high, 33 goals on the season. What I've liked is the confidence is back in the wrist shot because I really think that that's Elias Patterson's best weapon is the wrist shot. You could see that a lot in his rookie season where that was kind of something he relied upon a little bit more than even the one-timer. And I want that confidence to come back. Like I think his wrist shot is one of the best in the NHL. It's incredibly accurate. We see so many posts and ends. Uh, even last season, how many times did he hit the post in the first half of the year? I, I just think that seeing that confidence be back in the wrist shot, even more than the one-timer, like that's where Patterson's going to make his money, man. Like seeing him step into the right half, like the right half while they're going into the right circle and getting that wrist shot, it reminds me a lot of like a new age Marcus Naslin, the way he's shooting the puck. Like it really does, and it gets me excited because Naslin was always my favorite player uh, growing up when I was watching this team. And now seeing Elias Patterson get this wrist shot off, like it really gives me vibes of, of when Naslin was one of the most lethal scorers in the NHL. It's been great to see the confidence, not necessarily come back, but I think grow. Like with Pedersen's in his wrist shot, it's something he needs to use more and more and more. It was something that we heard Bruce Boudreaux talk about a lot, right? When he came in, he wanted to see players like Besser and Pedersen shooting the puck even more. And I think you're seeing that with Pedersen of late where he's showing just a lot of confidence, right? Like I'm really liking uh, what we're seeing from Elias Pedersen's game right now, specifically that wrist shot. I think you're seeing a lot of the same things, eh? Oh, absolutely. You're seeing him get back to basics. I, I think that's what it is. And Chris, we've talked about this before. Um, when Elias Pedersen's not putting up points, I actually went around and talked to a bunch of different players about this last year. I don't know if you remember, but I asked players, I asked Tanner Pearson, a few others, what does it look like to you when Elias Pedersen, other than putting up points, is on his game? And, you know, the answer is obviously, you know, physically engaged, stick handling the puck really well. We've seen that all season long and he's not really taking taking his foot off the gas pedal. And that's what you wanted to see, right? Like coming into this year, what was the narrative around Elias Pettersson, right? It was, yeah, he's good. He did this over this stretch of games, but can he do it over a full season? This guy's not taking his foot off the gas pedal for the rest of the season. This is Elias Pettersson. This is the Elias Pettersson that fans should now come to expect. This is what you can expect from Elias Pettersson. I know the Canucks think that they're going to be looking to sign him to an extension this off season. And look, We've had the conversations before. I talked to Pedersen ahead of the Canucks' first game in Edmonton, and he didn't want to talk too much about last year. But you know, there was all that stuff with his, um, you know, his sticks, the supply chain issues there, all that sort of stuff. There was a lot against Pedersen, and a lot of it was just confidence. That's what he claims it was. He doesn't want to hear about the um, the supply chain argument, although he does admit that it was a thing that did happen. Um, he he just said it was confidence and he he knows how it's going to never happen again. He said, I know how to deal with it now and he doesn't think it's going to happen again. And we're seeing that 
this year. So again, you're very impressed with Elias Patterson. Can I talk about Quinn Hughes? Are you ready for me to just go almost. off about Quinn Hughes? Because I wrote about him today. Yeah, almost. That's if you check the outline, last thing in this segment here. Uh, but uh, let's get that graphic back up there, Alex. I see we got Alex here now. The Canucks last eight games. I did want to bring up some of the stats here from this. Uh, obviously, they've won seven of their last eight games here. Patterson, we, you just brought it up. He's got 12 points, five goals over those eight games. The thing I like to see, individual scoring chances. Over there on the right, if you're watching on YouTube here, he's got 32 individual scoring chances in his last eight games. That's an average of four scoring chances personally for just himself over the last eight games. You're seeing him shoot the puck. You're seeing him do it from a dangerous area. Love to see it from Elias Patterson. Um what I did want to get to was the ice time. We'll use this to transition into Quinn Hughes. Can we get this up here? Because I know we we were like, hey, are we going to talk about ice time on Monday? Is that going to be the big topic? I'll tell you what. It didn't get itself into being in the ticker because Alex he, Alex only gets the primate cuts into the ticker. But we are going to talk about the ice time a little bit. Here's the two games from the weekend. Quinn Hughes averaged 27 minutes and 26 seconds on back-to-back nights. So they played uh, Saturday. They played Sunday. Game started within 22 hours of each other. And Quinn Hughes played a lot of minutes once again. Is this too high in a back-to-back situation? 27 minutes and 26 seconds. I I don't think it surprises me because I think one of the games, I think he was like over eight minutes of power play time. Um, So I think there were some easier minutes there. He wasn't uh, wasn't hitting 30, but man, 27-26 on back-to-back nights. That's a lot to ask of a guy. You just asked if it's too much on back-to-back nights. It's too much any night down the stretch run of the season here. There's people in the chat saying we really need a 10-game losing streak here. I'm not even going to start with the tank conversation, Chris. Let's go to the conversation of what is this team gaining from playing their stars the way they're playing them right now? They're getting the wins, sure, but even on Saturday night, it wasn't because they played fantastic and that their stars carried them to victory, unless you include Thatcher Demko in that conversation, of course. I'm talking about the skaters here, Chris. What is this team gaining? Like, Somebody please answer this. What is this team gaining from winning games down the stretch here? And I know, look, the Canucks Army comment section, the Facebook comment section, they say, you guys don't understand what it's like to be an elite level athlete. They always want to win. Nobody's doubting that. Nobody is disputing that. But what is this team gaining long term or even in the here and now by winning games down the stretch? And don't don't tell me it's confidence or whatever, because we've seen this same song and dance before, and it doesn't always lead to success the next season. If you want if you're Rick Tockett, right, and you come in here and you're talking about I want to see good habits and I want to see us do things hashtag the right way. Is this the right way? Like this is the way that you get wins with this roster. I'll admit that. Like I, I'll gladly admit that. But you know, is giving Pod Colson uh, nine fifty four of ice time? Is that the right way that this team should be going about its business right now? Is scratching Vitaly Kratsov for one game and playing him eleven forty three in the game he does play is is that beneficial for this team? Because I don't think so. I, I don't think it is, Chris. And I bring up those two guys. It's a little foreshadowing here because we got something uh, in the next segment, but we're not getting to it yet. One guy I want to talk about. Sorry to totally take the conversation because I know we were going to talk about Quinn Hughes. Chat's talking about him, so he needs some love. We got to talk about him here. Brock Besser. Uh, Karen N said, Brock has been shooting more often as of late. Corey Anderson said, Brock had a nice rush last night. Haven't seen that in a long time. I've I've liked Brock Besser's game. I've liked Brock Besser's game lately. We talked about him last week. I liked him over the weekend. He was a guy that stood out to me. Yeah, and not just that. The the rush, I I know know exactly the play they're talking about, but also just forechecking, right? Like, I I really think that he's done an effective job forechecking on that line. He kind of needs to be the first guy in. 
uh, specifically on that line that he's playing about. I'll get to Brock Besser in just a few minutes as well myself here because we got some line ideas uh, coming up next thing on the ticker. But uh, yeah, let's get we'll get to Besser a little bit more, and I know you want to talk about the Russians as well. We'll do that in the next segment here. But let's uh, let's get your Quinn Hughes up here. Uh, we can get this up, Alex. I think it was added late to the uh, work tape. Hopefully he's got it in there. But uh, the Quinn Hughes, you wrote about it over at Canucks Army, the six things that uh, that Hughes has been, what is it, six stats that blow your mind or something? What did you, what was your uh, SEO clickbait title that you used in the end there? <laughs> I went with uh, six, wild, six more wild stats as Quinn Hughes becomes first defenseman since 93-94 to record consecutive 60-assist season. So let's start there, Chris. Uh, with his two-assist performance last night, in Anaheim, uh, Hughes became the first NHL defenseman to record consecutive 60 assist seasons since Paul Coffey uh, and Ray Bork in 1993-94. Then I saw that and I got a little curious and I started looking at natural statric, looking around at what else Quinn Hughes is doing really well. Because last week, Noah Strang, shout out Noah Strang, wrote about at Canucks Army how Quinn Hughes is probably the most underrated Canuck on a national level, right? Like he's, he's probably the most underrated Canuck. I think that's a commentary more so on how fairly rated everybody else is, but uh, it's also that Hughes isn't getting the recognition that we think he deserves. Now, the other stats that I pulled out here, I'll just rattle them off quick and we can move on. But Hughes also leads all NHL defensemen in power play points. He's third in the league in points per games played, tied with Josh Morrissey, who's obviously in the Norris conversation. Um, last night with that 60 assist thing, the... Um, 60 assist mark again he becomes just the second skater not defenseman skater second skater forwards defenseman goaltenders second skater in Canucks franchise history to hit the 60 assist mark multiple times Uh, on top of that talk about the defensive side I think that's what makes this all the more interesting uh, and all the more impressive is that last year he wasn't happy with his defensive game uh, I don't think he, the criticisms of his defensive game last season were really out of place but this season he has absolutely silenced those critics I think he's been fantastic defensively that is reflected uh, in the lowest chances against per 60 rate of his career which he's currently enjoying right now uh, and then back on the offensive side High danger chances for and high danger goals per 60 are at the highest they have ever been in his NHL career. Yeah, I mean, good stuff. And you're right. I think uh, there's been a couple different ones now of uh, national writers like polling coaches, polling general managers, and no mention of uh, of Quinn Hughes in the top for the Calder, or not the Calder, the, uh, the Norris, uh, which is kind of interesting. And you see some names hop up there. Yeah, I think Quinn Hughes, uh, with the game starting at 10 o'clock Eastern time, it's hard for... Uh, the East Coast to uh, to pay attention to what's going on here, but the guy's been excellent. We saw all the stats that get brought up. I mean, he's you know coming up on these Sportsnet graphics alongside Bobby Orr, Brian Leach, some of the best defensemen uh, putting up points. It's pretty ridiculous. So uh, another lucky thing that and Elias Pettersson. It's been good times for that. And I did uh, want to mention BC Buds uh, in the chat here a little bit earlier, mentioning uh, that wrist shot of Elias Pettersson. I don't know what was going on with that because uh, it said it was the same speed as uh, JT Miller's slap shot last night and i tell you if, if Pedersen's ripping wrist shots 98 miles an hour yeah i hope he shoots the puck uh, every single time it touches his stick let's uh let's dive let's get now that we got alex here can we get some of these joey pitt things up here with uh the wigs for kids stuff before we get into the line ideas uh right off the top let's get the photo first if we could of joey uh and the money that he raised for wigs for kids i do want to get the the number up i put this up just before the show um here so so good stuff from joey we know uh we've been talking about it here on our show the, the wigs for kids final 
uh, is is what I'm looking at here. Just over fifteen thousand dollars he ended up raising uh, for a great cause. Ended up cutting his hair at the uh, second intermission of the Surrey Eagles game on Sunday. So huge shout out uh, to our buddy Joey Pitt there. We do have a video as well. Maybe we can get the video up here, the Joey video. Whatever you got, Alex, uh, we can throw that up there. Uh, but just incredible stuff, man. I'm so proud of Joey for for sticking to this, having a pretty lofty goal and being able to reach it. Uh, I was glad our money guy Jared made a good donation on the on behalf of Canucks Army, so appreciate that. Uh, it was good to see. And uh, shouts to Joey, man. I think he's done an incredible job with this. Uh, and just yeah, shout out, man. Like he achieved his goal. That was a tough goal. Like we we saw a couple of weeks ago, the guy was still you know still like eight thousand dollars short. I wasn't sure if he was going to make it. But uh, big props to Joey. Did an incredible job uh, in the scenes last night uh, on Sunday. There were incredible. Here he is here taking it all in. Joey Pett, good stuff. He's bald now. This is the guy who smacked me in the in the head with his hair. Bald. He's looking good, though. I like it. I think he can rock it a little bit. Yeah, I think it's looking good. Um, I'm going to go quiet down Bert. So uh, transition to the next part because we have a fun segment coming up. Uh, let it, let's get going on the next part. I'll be right back. All right, sounds good. And this is how it's going to be tomorrow, by the way, as well. I'm rocking solo tomorrow. So let's get idea up there because we haven't used this graphic in a long time. Uh, we, we haven't thrown around some ideas in a long time. I feel that there's been so much news over the last little bit. It's hard for us to kind of, you know, have our own fun and chat about some ideas. So let's get that graphic back up here. Idea. We haven't seen it in so damn long here. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Have an idea, make it, then wear it. So we got some ideas here for some line ideas. I'd love for the chat to get involved in this as well. If you guys have some ideas on a trio that you would like to see play together, throw that in the chat because we have ours. We even built some graphics for it. They're looking good. Quads, you're back now in the studio, so we are going to get to this. But get your lines in the chat right now. We will uh, we'll try and discuss a few of those. Let's get to uh, yours right off the top. Can we get Quads' line up here? Because uh, you've got an idea. You you mentioned Vitaly Krausov a little bit earlier. You want to mix up a line with him and Elias Patterson. And the other Russian, of course, Vasily Podkols. And look at your line, looking good in the all-black jerseys. Uh, you know, whoever built this graphic, man, just give them a raise. Uh, but uh, let's hear why uh, this is your trio to go with. The uh, Vasily Podkols and Elias Patterson, Vitaly Kravtsov line. 
Okay, so I really like this line, Chris, because one thing, and I, you know, I said it was a little foreshadowing happening on my part. I talked about how the ice time for Podkoles and the ice time for Kratsov and a healthy scratch for Kratsov in place of Jack Studnika, they're low, right? They're very low. And an ongoing trend, a thing that I keep bringing up is in, in regard to Kratsov, right? What we're seeing is a guy who basically needs to cement himself as somebody who can play on an NHL roster, this NHL roster, next season. And if this team's going for it, which they've made it clear they are next season, I don't know if he's that yet. I, I don't know if he's there just yet. So the thought process behind this line of Podkolz and Pedersen Kratsov is you need to put both of these guys in Podkolz and Kratsov in the best position to succeed. And I think the best place to do that is with your best center. Now, Look, I understand Elias Pettersson is chasing some stats. He's he's doing really well, and you maybe don't want to see him take a dip in production. I understand that. But when we talk about Rick Tockett as a coach with his philosophy of the North-South, um, he says, you know, all those skill guys, they love to play with North-South guys most of all. This team really wants to see Pod Colson and to some extent Kratsov as well, become that North-South guy, right? And I think the way to do that is play them with Elias Patterson. Like, just give them the opportunity. It's a five-game stretch. Give them that opportunity. See what they can do with it. I, I think that's the best course of action here. That's my line. That's the line that I really want to see. Well, I've seen that trio at times, right? And I've seen Pod Colson kind of get bumped up to the JT Miller line over the past few weeks here. But we've seen this trio a little bit over the weekend, just like a couple shifts here and there together. Uh, it is interesting, but I'm curious to kind of follow up on your line here. What happens to... Beauvillier and Kuzmenko at that point because they're they're playing well with Pedersen too right like how much is this about development compared to do you believe that this line could actually be better than the trio that Pedersen has right now with Kuzmenko and Beauvillier as his wing no it's it's entirely about development it's entirely about development it's giving these guys the confidence maybe they can start putting some pucks in the back of the net we saw Kraftsov doing some really good things we've seen Pod Colson doing some really good things but they haven't gotten the production like they haven't put up the points and look that, that affects your confidence, right? We've heard Bud Colson himself talk about it, right? You want to see these guys putting up numbers, and I think the best place to do that is with Elias Patterson. It's entirely about development. It's entirely about putting these guys in a position to succeed. And most of all, it's about making sure these guys are set for next year where they could maybe play with a third-line center. Uh, they could actually be on your roster because right now I don't think they're gaining much playing with Sheldon Dries. No, and that's the thing that I think I've had a problem with when we talk about ice time, and you know we are going to dive into my line in just a minute here, but when we talk about these things and we hear the coach and general manager and everybody talk about this being an extended training camp, even if you've won seven of your last eight games, I still think you can mix up the lines, right? Like you can still mix up what you're doing with your forward groups to kind of what you talked to, like what you just touched on there, you know, let the young guys get a run, right? Like I, I think these young guys getting an opportunity, that should be part of the thing that we hear about an extended training camp. I'd love to see it as well. Like, uh, you know, this, this dog and pony show that the Canucks are running here about winning so many damn games at the end of the season, at least do it when you're like developing some of these young players to a certain degree, right? Like, I think that's the problem with the ice time. And that's basically what it all comes down to is how much are you getting better for next season playing Quinn Hughes 28 minutes a night? Like, how does that help you next season when winning games is actually going to matter and they're actually going to be a team that thinks they can compete for a playoff spot? And listen, we've talked about it quite a bit. They have a serious chance of being able to do that. I think they do. They they have a team that's playing well again, but we, we were fooled by a win streak at the end of the season last year, and yes, they're playing good games. Yes, they're playing under a better system here. It feels like the structure has made a big difference. All that blah, blah, blah stuff that we've said a hundred million times on this damn show. But 
use this time to actually do the training camp things and develop a little bit. And that'll get us, uh, that's a perfect transition into my line. Let's get uh, my trio up there because I know Quadzi's got his good trio. He likes the Russians. He gets them on the wing. Leas Patterson, very young little group there. I got one younger player on my line. So I'm going to go with Aiden McDonough, JT Miller, and Brock Besser rolling together here. And I couldn't match the jerseys up like you did. I tell you what, your graphic, whoever built that, they deserve a raise. Beautiful graphic, all black jerseys. Had to mix it up here. But I'm going with Aiden McDonough, JT Miller, Brock Besser. Give McDonough the best opportunity to succeed. We talked about Brock Besser earlier in the show. We both think he's playing some really good hockey of late. Not necessarily being the sniper that everyone thinks that that's what he was supposed to be when he was coming into the NHL. But I say rock with this. Give Aiden McDonough the best opportunity to succeed. They got 13 games left from the regular season. Let him have a run. Let him have a run with these guys and see what he looks like. Like, this is what I'm talking about when we talked about some potential lines here. I've seen some uh, mentioned throughout here with some young players being involved as well. You love to see that. I think that this is what I would like for Aiden McDonough. This is the best opportunity to set him up for a little bit of confidence going into next season. And I do think you got three players here that you can trust to shoot the puck, right? This is, this is a trio that when they get into the offensive zone, you're really going to like what they do. Uh, I just think that all of them could score from different parts of the offensive zone on the ice. And I would rock with Aiden McDonough on the power play as well. I did see Corey Anderson come in here and say Aiden power play time on the second unit. I, I'm still in the camp of like, hey, listen, Bavillier is looking fine on the in the bumper position. But give Aiden McDonough that run. That would be awesome. I really think it would be to just see him in the bumper position. Let him get that shot off, that big body to help Quinn Hughes get the double screen going. Rock with that. Give him Beauvillier spots. I don't think Beauvillier has been perfect as the bumper replacement for Bo Horvat. I don't think Aiden McDonough is going to be perfect either, but it's like what you said about development. Let's see them. Let's see these players get the opportunity at the NHL level. They're at that point now. I don't think you can make the argument to say that Aiden McDonough isn't ready to at least try the NHL and be given some opportunity. I think he's at that level. I think it's a little curious that we didn't see him over the weekend here, especially with back-to-backs. But I guess uh, it all sounds like they want to get a practice in or a few practices in before uh, he can hop into the actual NHL lineup. And I think he's only had one practice uh, since signing with the team. You mentioned it earlier. They didn't practice today. That's another uh, kind of step back in the in the hope of getting McDonough into the lineup. But we'll see what happens tomorrow. Hopefully uh, they don't end up practicing at like 1 p.m. for their morning skate. I guess it won't be. Uh, so we hopefully can get a morning skate uh, video in. Hopefully I can get down to the rink tomorrow and see what happens. Uh, but hope to see Aiden uh, in the lineup. I hope tomorrow. I hope as soon as tomorrow. They got 13 games left. They got to get this guy in at some point. I know you've won seven of your last eight, but like we said, these wins shouldn't mean that you have to keep the lineup together. I think it's still that time to really buy into the thing that they've been selling us this whole time about training camp and making an extended training camp. Do it. Move some lines around. Give some guys some opportunities. And why the hell? This pissed me off. Why the hell isn't Vasily Pod Colson killing penalties yet, man? What the hell's going on there? The dude killed penalties all of his life, did it in the AHL. Why isn't he not getting any chance to do it? Like, give me Pedersen, Pod Colson, and you want to see some shorthanded goals go up again? Jeez, man, give me the Pedersen, Pod Colson duo on the penalty kill and watch these guys work. Nobody blocks shots as hard as Vasily Pod Colson does in that forward group. I'll tell you that right now. Give him a go on the penalty kill. I don't think he's going to disappoint at all. Probably not good for the content, but dare I say that I like your line trio better than I like mine. <laughs> like I brought this up last week. Like I didn't, I didn't put Brock Besser on the wing per se, but I said, you know, put McDonough in and give him power play time and put him with JT Miller. Same sort of philosophy from both of us. Uh, I think that's pretty airtight logic uh, from both of us, but I like yours. I like yours a lot. I really like your um, kind of explanation of it. I would really like to see McDonough get a shot here. couple different ones as well. I've seen uh, what did Brian say? Brian said, I think Kuzmenko instead of Besser. Hey, listen, that's an option too. I think that's fine. But I do think Brock Besser's 
at least earn the chance to to play with at least in a top six role with JT Miller. I think I'd keep him there. Uh, but then it is tough because then, like, what happens to the, th- the 3C? Uh, that situation is going to be interesting as well. I did see someone comment, and I'm sorry I missed it. It's a little bit deeper in the comments here. I'm not going to scroll back. But somebody brought up Niels Amon in the two Russians uh, with Kratsov and Pod Kolzin on his wing. That'd be a pretty fun little fourth line if they're playing well together and they get that four, like fourth line versus fourth line matchups. I think you'd be you'd be looking pretty good with those two guys and Niels Amon. A couple of big bodies there. You got a six two, six one, and six four guy playing together. I like that. I like the size of those uh, of those fellows there playing together. All right, that should wrap up our line combinations. Appreciate everyone in the chat getting involved there. I see we got uh, good numbers today on the Monday morning here uh, or Monday afternoon show back on Canucks Army. We love it over here on the YouTube channel. Hey, if you're just listening on the podcast, uh, come check us out. We are live Monday to Friday from one o'clock. Till about 145, but since Quad does Quads doesn't have a sky train to catch, he's been staying a little late last couple of days. That's not something you saw before. All right. Let's uh let's dive into the uh AHL and NCAA update here. All right, let's see the last five uh for the for the uh Abbotsford Canucks. AHL last five games. They have played well as well. We touched on it, Vancouver Canucks. They picked up a pair of wins on the weekend. There's uh there's Bert there. He's oh he's out now. There you go. No worries. So you're staying until 2 30 today. Um, but the AHL team, they, they're playing some good hockey. What's going on over here? Alex has lost his mind over here with a freaking backdrop here. Uh, but uh, Abbotsford, they've won four of their last five. They're playing really good hockey. Here's the interesting thing about the Abbotsford Canucks over their last five games as we got the graphic up here. Quads, tell me the goals against against the uh, Abbotsford Canucks here from this graphic. Read it for me here. What do you got? Eight. Eight goals against with a shutout for, I believe, Spencer Martin uh, on Friday night against the Ontario Reign. Arch Seeloff's putting together a fantastic performance in his own right, but a shutout for Spencer Martin on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, sorry. Uh, eight goals against is what you uh, wanted to hear. Just need to clear my throat a little bit there. Um, here's the thing. Over the last five games, the Abbotsford Canucks have not allowed more than two goals in each of those five games. Uh, working on getting an interview tomorrow with somebody as well for the show. Uh, so we might have somebody from Abbotsford tomorrow on the show. But yeah, two goals against on Wednesday, two goals against on Saturday last weekend, two goals against in the Sunday, and then this past weekend, you mentioned it, shutout for Spencer Martin. And here's the thing about Archer Seelovs, who, uh, oh, I almost forgot. For Archer Seelovs here, he made uh, 42 saves on 44 shots. So a hell of a game for him. I know he didn't pick up a shutout, but he was excellent in that game. A uh, 5-2 win. For the Abbotsford Canucks, because yes, it has been an arty party and 44 saves. I like that. That's what I like too. Archer Seelovs, a very good game for him uh, on Saturday night against the Ontario Reign and some goal scoring as well. I want to bring this up, okay? Because I'm I've been whispering it. I've been whispering it here on the show. I've been saying it every once in a while. I'm tired of whispering about it. Arshdeep Baines is going to play in the NHL, okay? He is the smartest player in the AHL. He is playmaking. He is scoring goals. He's killing penalties. He's on the power play. He's still 22 years old. He's young. He's a local kid. He's going to play in the NHL for the Vancouver Canucks. I'm tired of whispering it here on this show. He is good, okay? He is a great player in a rookie season coming from the CHL to the AHL. That is a tough jump. He's seriously giving me... NHL vibes, the way he's playing. I There's one thing that I know, and I watch a lot of AHL hockey, obviously. You can spot NHL talent in the AHL. It's something that it's once you watch enough of the AHL, you can spot it. You can see what players have the potential, and for a player to show potential for the NHL in his rookie season in the AHL, it's something. 
Okay, I don't know if the Canucks are going to be able to get them up this season. They've done their uh, – I reported this wrong on the show a few weeks ago, but their four call-ups have been used. I guess I, I thought that if you did it on the deadline day before, you were okay because it was the day of, but they had to do it after the deadline actually passed, but on that day. So the Canucks have used all four of their call-ups, which I, uh, I misreported a few weeks ago on the show. But here's the thing. If there's an injury, Baines might be the best option to come up and play on the wing. Right, I think Linus Carlson might deserve it from the scoring that he's been doing. He's also a player that you probably want to reward a little bit for coming over from Sweden and all that stuff. Baines might be another year before we actually see him in the NHL, but he's going to play in the NHL. I, I could, I'd be shocked if he doesn't get a run in the NHL uh, in the next kind of two years here for sure. So really like what he's doing, and I tell you, like that's the thing that gets kind of forgot about him. Like he put up so many points in the CHL in the dub. He led the WHL in scoring. This is this is a player you got to get a little bit of excitement about uh, moving forward here. I just hope that they give him games. He, you know, even if there's an injury late in the season, if that's how he gets in, or if it's some point next season, I don't think he's the type of player that, like, you don't want players that have such a high intelligent level to just not necessarily rot in the AHL, but guys that get stuck in the AHL, right? They get kind of pigeonholed into that spot. And they kind of have to stick in the AHL for years and years and years, and they don't ever end up kind of living up to the expectation. I think Baines, because of his intelligence and his two-way game, he deserves a shot in the NHL at some point. And he's playing well enough in the AHL to kind of warrant that at some point, either late this season, or I, I hope next season at some point. Like, I really like uh, what Baines has been up to. Uh, Klimovich also scored a goal the other day. That was good to see him kind of break a little bit of a slump that he was on for a while. Uh, and Jet Wu. Jet Wu has been excellent, man. Jet Wu's playing, like I've said it for a few weeks now, and it's like, when can you start to get a little bit of excitement about him? Because it's like, I, I kept saying like, hey, he's playing the best hockey of his pro career. That was like a few months ago I was saying that. He's been doing it ever since. Like, he keeps playing extremely well, throwing huge hits. Like, every game he's got a couple of massive hits where he knocks a guy on his ass. And I tell you, like, adding a little bit of offense lately, the shootout goal the other day, nice little backhand goal uh, on Saturday night there. I'd be watching uh, watching for Jet Wu a little bit more here uh, because he continues to play at that high level. I don't know when you can get excited again, but I don't think it's going to be like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, am I, am I getting crazy here? Because he's a little bit, you know, he's 22, I think now. Like, I am a little bit excited about the way he's playing. He's been doing it for like three months now. I, I mean, you're the guy, right? Like, you have to get excited at some point because the Canucks have no right-handed defense prospects, right? So uh, you, you get excited whenever anybody does anything, right? So, like, we're excited about Noah Juleson right now. That's where we're at, right? Uh, and look, Jet Wu, if he can... You're not excited about Noah Juleson? Is that what I'm about to hear? Yeah, I'm not super excited about Noah Juleson. I know, I know what Noah Juleson is. Okay. Okay, but hasn't he played better than you expected he would alongside Quinn Hughes? No, not really. I think he's done exactly what I could have. Proje- I could have told you the ice time that he was going to have over the whatever games he's played here. How many? What he's done in each game? He does. His, I've seen him in the AHL for years. He lay, he lays out big hits. He gets out of position. He doesn't have the the quickest stick, but he's like sturdyish. He's sturdyish. His his positioning's been better though. That's my point. Is his know. positioning, which was you know he's out of place on a few goals. There's a few. Still shots of him uh, not picking up anybody in front of the net or at the side of the net. Sure, those still happen, but they've been happening less, I feel. I don't know. Maybe I'm out to lunch. I, right. I thought he's been good. I thought Noah Juleson's been fine. Uh, Karan says uh, Jules has been good, who I think you called Karen earlier. Um, unless there's also a Karen. Oh, it's here. a Karen? My bad. Yeah, nice try there. No, no, no. That's who I was talking about. Uh, I must have mispronounced it. Well, My apologies. Yeah, uh, no worries. Canucks need right energy jumps in and says, 
Jewel has been okay. Yeah, oh, well, he's a depth demon. That's it. All right. Where's uh speaking of Canucks need Randy, you're gonna love this. Here we go. NCAA players. Uh, so they got the selection Sunday happened yesterday. Quads, you know this. You're all over this. Uh, this is your your beat here. Uh, the NCAA players are all over this. Uh, lower seed teams to watch. Okay. So Thursday is the first game of the regionals. Saturday is the second game of the regionals. That will decide the final four who head to the Frozen Four on April 6th and 8th. So right now we got 16 teams remaining. We'll be down to eight as of Thursday night, and we'll be down to four as of Saturday night. Let's get to some interesting ones to watch here. Let's start with Cornell. Okay, they're matched up against number four ranked Denver out of the Sweet 16. We know Sam Malinsky. We know Max Andreev. Maxime Andreev, they, they, this guy's name's all over the place, a bunch of different names. Watch these two guys from Cornell. They play Thursday against number four-ranked Denver. That's going to be a tough one for them. Denver defending champions in the NCAA. We might see Malinsky and Andreev potentially sign as soon as Friday, right? Because these players have NHL interest. Might see it as soon as Friday or maybe into the weekend here. Could be a big weekend. Two other na- Three other names I want to mention. Uh, from Western Michigan, they're matching up against number five, Boston University. The Terriers are over there. they got a good program. They're a good team. Western Michigan, tough uphill battle for them here. Uh, they're going to end up playing, like I said, Boston. They're tough, number five t- ranked team uh, in the nation right now. Ryan McAllister, Max Sasson, and uh, Jason Poland, who's a Hobie Baker top 10 finalist. That whole line there, that top line at Western Michigan, they play extremely well together. I'd say two of those guys are signing for sure in the NHL after uh, their season is over. So Thursday, they match up against number five, Boston. That's a tough one, like I'm saying. Okay, uh, this got brought up. I need you. I need you to need you to look this up. Okay, Massimo Rizzo. I'm going to talk about him. I need you to figure it out if his draft rights, because he was drafted in the seventh round by the Carolina Hurricanes, I believe, in 2019. You figure this out because I'm going to talk about this. Blair Martin, 92 in the chat said Massimo Rizzo out of Burnaby on Denver. Kids a pit bull. Oh, man, do I have to talk about Massimo Rizzo. Let me let me talk about this, okay? okay. So I covered the Coquitlam Express in the 2019-20 season, okay? Uh, and as mentioned here, yes, Massimo Rizzo, uh, you know, grew up in Burnaby, North Burnaby, greatest part of the world. Um, he was with the Penticton Vs. I believe he was actually their captain. And then he had some sort of injury, and he wanted to be closer to home. So he asked for a trade to the Coquitlam Express, he was with that team in the 2019-20 season when they won the Ron Bullyu, I think it's called, uh, Cup for being the best regular season team. Uh, they beat Penticton by, I think, a couple points because they had two losses on the season. I think Penticton had three, uh, one of which came to the Coquitlam Express. That was Clay Stevenson, the goaltender for the Express at that time. Uh, Massimo led that team. He was injured for part of the year. It was a deep squad. Ryan Tattle was on like the fourth line as a rookie. He was the captain of the Express last year. Now he's over at UConn. Um, but Massimo, Massimo Rizzo, uh, draft pick of the Carolina Hurricanes in the seventh round. He was with Denver last year, and he really put on a show. Um, I can't remember which tournament it was, but he put on a show, and he was getting a lot of attention. Uh, people bringing him up here, his uh, draft rights. What, is he is he someone that the Canucks can sign, or is he going to be signed uh, by the Carolina Hurricanes? Yeah, nobody can sign him this year. Nobody can sign him next year. He's uh, one of those guys who uh, NCAA is similar, actually, to uh, kind of like uh, Aiden McDonough or Jack Rathbone. He's going to be in August 15th of 2025. So still uh, Hurricanes holding on to his rights for a couple more summers anyways. But we'll see what happens. Maybe he's a player who doesn't want to go to Carolina, but I tell you what, the, the Hurricanes are doing a good job of uh, keeping their own out there. That's for sure. 
I remember it now. He went deep in some NCAA playoff thing, and then he came to Carolina Development Camp and uh, put on a show in the shootout. He's got really good hands, really good uh, playmaking ability. Uh, That's even what I just remember from him with the Express. So seeing him do it uh, over there was really cool. Go kill him Express. Go check out the BCHL. All right, another lower seed team. Here's one to watch. Minnesota State Mankato. They're playing St. Cloud State. St. Cloud is damn good. Minnesota State, they're damn good. They're a lower-ranked team, though, going into this game on Thursday. Brendan Fury, Akito Hirose, the left-shot defenseman. Fury's a, a winger. Keep an eye on him or Furry. Brendan Furry. Uh, do what you want with that. Uh, Akito Hirose, left-shot defenseman. Keep an eye on him. And the big one, Jake Livingstone. Uh, I know that's uh, that's the name everybody wants for the Vancouver Canucks. His season might be over as soon as Thursday or Saturday. They got St. Cloud State. That's a very good team. That's a top-seven team uh, in the whole NCAA, so Mankato's got it tough on, uh, on uh, what are they playing, Thursday there, so watch for that. Uh, Thursday and Saturday games, like I said, Thursday, uh, Saturday will be the final to decide the final four, Frozen Four, April 6th to 8th, so you got to wait a couple weeks if the team ends up making it there. Okay, final fun fact, Massimo Rizzo's aunt was my home ec teacher uh, in high school. That was a fun little thing. When I interviewed him, we realized it because we started talking about North Burnaby, told him what school I went to, Figured out that his aunt was my home ec teacher. Okay, I'm done with the uh, North Burnaby talk. Okay. I'm done with the Massimo Rizzo talk. Here's you the can, thing. Uh, close it out here. Two names I heard to keep an eye on for the Canucks of European free agents. Both defensemen. Uh, left shot guy, Hardy Haman Actil, And right shot defenseman, Philip Berglund. Two names I heard. Canucks might be in on these guys from Europe. I know I've talked about uh, a lot of NCAA guys hearing their names mixed around with the Canucks. These are the two that I heard. Hardy, Haman, Actel, left shot guy, and Philip Berglund, right shot guy. And then here's some other names that I was told to keep an eye on, not necessarily related to the Canucks. Potentially, though, uh, these are some players to keep an eye on from Europe who are free agents. Uh, we got These are defensemen. Right shot defenseman, Jacob Stendquist. Keep an eye on him. Bigger body, right shot guy. And then the smaller guy who put up a lot of points, Samuel Johannesson. Both of those players to watch for European free agents. Not connected with the Canucks. I heard... Uh, Hamon Actel and Berglund, though, uh, from somebody this weekend. Uh, and then forwards to watch as well. I got this list. Uh, Marcus Silvagard and Linus Oberg. Watch for those guys, too. Some younger players having good seasons in the SHL. Uh, just to watch over there. All Swedish players. But uh, Hamon Actel and Berglund. Left shot and right shot guy out of uh, Europe there. See what happens with those players. Apparently, the left shot guy is a point per game in the SHL. Is that mm-hmm. true? Yeah, I believe so. I see, I did see he has a lot of points when I looked it up uh, on the weekend here. But uh, yeah, name to watch uh, him. But I know a lot of people. Have, I've heard this a couple times in the in the Monday mailbag for question. Uh, are the Canucks connected to Samuel Johannesson? I haven't heard anything about the Canucks being connected to this guy. I know people are excited about him. I think he's like a five eleven right shot guy uh, who's put up a lot of points. Like I said, thirty two points on the season uh, for him in the SHL. So he's been good. He's still young. I think twenty two years old, twenty three maybe. Young right shot guy. They're in the SHL uh, playoffs right now. Um, so we're keeping an eye on that. Uh, another big weekend uh, for Lucas Forsell. Put up a put up another assist in his other game here. So he's got four points through his first two games. He's uh, he's rolling. He's rolling right now. But you know who is the star of the weekend uh, for Frolunda in the SHL playoffs? Louis Erickson, player of the game. Couple of goals for Louis. Garbage goals too. NHL comeback. Absolute garbage NHL goals. Comeback. Hey, get another six by six somewhere. You could tell you that. Okay, uh, Betway, get us out of here. All right. Betway, Betway, Betway. 
Uh, I seen some uh, critiques from Betway about your bets uh, on the weekend on last week. I uh, got an email about this morning. They're not happy with you. Uh, let's get our Betway bets of the day up here. Tyler Toffoli or Nazem Kadri to score one goal. This is our either or. You know we love these. Minus one thirty eight is our uh, is our number on that. So you either get a goal from Toffoli or you get it from Kadri. You get a ten dollar bet there. Seventeen twenty seven is going to be your return. So that's our either ors. You know we like to start with that. Over six, and our second one, the big one. I like that. Over 6.5 total goals, and Elias Lindholm to put up a point in this game, plus 200. We got the Flames, we got the Kings. Big game tonight between two Pacific Division rivals. If you get over 6.5 goals, and in Elias, he's a, how do you say it? Elias, Elias? He's Elias, right? Elias. Elias Lindholm to get a point and over 6.5 total goals. That'll get you plus $200 bet. That's going to return you 30. You take that down and uh, you go to the, uh, the source and you pick yourself up a better camera to watch your dog uh, as it sleeps. Cause your camera there, it's uh, creeping me out a little bit. looks like one of those, uh, you ever watch those murder, um, documentaries, those things like the, uh, unsolved mysteries and stuff like that on Netflix. That's what every video from those documentaries looks like you looking at your dog. Well, it's a night vision camera, and I don't need HD. I just need to know he's sleeping. Well, I'll tell you what. Yeah, none of those are getting up on his Instagram, I'm sure. You're not taking any screenshots from that cam for him. He's got a horrible angle for the poor little guy. He's got his own Instagram. He can't even get photos up there. Go follow Bert the Cavapoo on Instagram, everybody. Okay, yeah. we'll close it out there. Uh, do you have any final thoughts before I close it out here, Chris? Uh, do we know what we're doing tomorrow? Do you want to say that? Yeah, solo sure? show for you tomorrow. I got to take this guy to the vet. Nothing serious. Just a simple, simple deworming. He'll be fine. Yeah. Give him a tug, put him out. He's, he's good for the night. But um, tomorrow, yeah, we'll see. Because today I, I'm still uh, recovering a little bit, but I feel better today. I got uh, I got through the episode feeling fine. My throat, we'll see how it goes. I might bring on some guests tomorrow uh, for myself. Either that or a chat, you're, uh, you're up. Chat's going to need to step up big for me tomorrow uh, if we're just rocking with us tomorrow. So that might be fun. Uh, but shout out to everybody in the chat here on a Monday. I hope everyone had a great weekend. It was great to see the numbers shoot up here on Canucks Army uh, and have a, a more listeners on the show. I, I think it does a does much better for our listenership when you're not doing solo episodes. You got Betway coming after you. You got the, the folks at Nation Network probably mad about the numbers that they saw in the solo mailbag episodes. You know, I sent out a tweet, get a couple extra people listening here. There you go. You're welcome, Quads. You can take that to the bosses tomorrow at the big uh, big meeting tomorrow morning. You said I did a good job on those episodes, so I'm just appalled that you're, no, uh, I, I you're think saying you this. Because yeah, I, I did good. They, I, I think I did you good. did, but I think, uh, listen, the numbers don't lie on the show here. So uh, there you go. Plus, the problem was, you know what? People in the chat. We were getting into a great run on having video clips for the week. Oh, two weeks ago before I got sick. Last week uh, sucked. We got nothing up on uh, socials for any videos anywhere. No hot clips. Our TikTok fell apart. Where's Aaron at? We got to get Aaron back running here. We got to get him back on the clips here. He might even be in the chat here. Aaron, we're coming for you this week hard. We need clips big time here. Okay, can I close it out now? You yeah, done? we're good. You done, Chris? <laughs> All right, we'll close it out there. Uh, For my co-host, Chris Faber, and my dog, and of course, our technical producer, Alex Lard, my name's David Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Canucks Conversation. Tank it up. Send it in. Bring it back. Fire it up. Thank you
Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.